Waves in the Finiverse. If you think about the money today, right? The money that you and I carry in our wallet in terms of cash, that's the only form of central bank money that you and I as retail users are exposed to from a money money standpoint. And once you have token-based infrastructure as opposed to account-based and message-based infrastructure, transactions become truly peer-to-peer. This notion of bank account, we think is going to be disappearing fast. The notion of making money only do certain things is very appealing. Welcome to Waves in the Finiverse. I'm Walter Jennings, the host of a podcast brought to you by Finiverse. We're talking with the wave makers that are creating ripples, waves, and tsunamis across finance, crypto, fintech, Web3, and beyond. Listen weekly to hear the change makers talk firsthand about their experiences in this dynamic industry. I'm joined in the booth by Naveen Malela, who is Global Head of Coin Systems and Onyx by JP Morgan. Welcome to Waves in the Finiverse. Thanks for having me, Walter. Now, uh, Naveen, you had introduced yourself as a digital asset expert within JP Morgan. Tell me more about your role. Sure, Walter. I run digital currencies for JP Morgan globally. So products like JPM Coin, work that we're doing on central bank digital currencies, work that we're doing with Partier, which is an interbank clearing and settlement network based on distributed ledgers, tokenized deposits, stable coins, all of that is my area. In short, basically the future of money. Yeah, so we're not necessarily talking about crypto, Bitcoin and Ethereum. Instead, we're looking at perhaps central bank digital currency and other monies. That's right, uh, Walter. What we think are going to be the payment instruments and payment methods which power the financial markets and commerce of the future. And to our mind, that's not crypto. That's going to be instruments like central bank digital currencies, tokenized deposits, stable coins. So all of those areas are things that I work on actively. Okay, now Naveen, uh, during the course of the talks with a number of tech professionals here, uh, we've heard about the explosion of creativity in the last three years. I I guess there is a silver lining to what was a very dark cloud of the pandemic. Uh, How has that impacted central bank digital currency and money? What has changed dramatically, Walter, over the last uh, few years is the narrative is no longer whether digital currencies are a thing. The narrative is about how can we go about getting there. So if you think about central banks, like China was first of the blocks in a major way. I mean, to be very honest, Bahamas was the first of the block with sand dollar. But in terms of scale, China with ECNY has done some fantastic work. Now with India talking about CBDCs, both retail and wholesale, and embarking on a pilot. When you have India, when you have China, things will happen. So it looks a lot different now, Walter. Well, I think we're talking about scale because the Bahamas would be, what, about 700,000 people and China is uh, 1.2 billion plus. You add India to that and you're getting close to the 3 billion number, right? Like so. yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not sure whether I'm looking at official numbers. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is that. 
<laughs> now, um, Naveen, um, the future of money has a lot of different permutations. So let's just break it down for a retail, uh, for an individual, a consumer. You and I have uh, got either money in our wallets or on our tap and go. Um, how will that change when it becomes central central bank digital currency? Yeah. So if you think about the money today, right, the money that you and I carry in our wallet in terms of cash that's the only form of central bank money that you and i as retail users are exposed to from a money money standpoint most of the money that we use is commercial bank money whether that is deposits that we use with banks to transact whether that is stored value cards whether that is wallets all of that is just largely commercial bank money so we don't think that the future of money is going to look very different from this two-tier system where you have central bank money, which is going to power largely interbank settlement, those sort of use cases, and probably have digital cash to a certain extent. But a disproportionate of money is going to still continue to be dominated by commercial banks. And that is that is the future that we at Onyx and JP Morgan are actually and actively building towards. You know, there are benefits to the governments with a central bank digital currency, including um, perhaps eliminating black markets and tracking cash where it goes. What are the benefits to the consumers and users of digital currency? So the benefits are manifold, right? Like, so I'll, I'll give a few of the benefits. One is um, the ability to do peer-to-peer -peer transactions. The only peer-to-peer -peer transactions that you and I can do, Walter, is cash, right? Like, other than that, there is no peer-to-peer -peer transaction. It like, has to go through a settlement mechanism. It has to go through a settlement mechanism. It has to go through a web of accounts. And that is where the friction in payments come from, especially if you're thinking about cross-border payments. I, my son just started attending university in the Netherlands, and it was remains a bit of a challenge to get money to, to him. To get money to him, Exactly. So we think that the future of money is going to be token-based. And once you have token-based infrastructure, as opposed to account-based and message-based infrastructure, transactions become truly peer-to-peer. -peer. So that we think is going to be um, transformative. This notion of bank account, we think is going to be disappearing fast. Bank accounts will give way to wallets, which will have all sorts of tokens by all sorts of banks. You don't have to have bank accounts with different banks to transact cash, securities accounts to transact on securities. You'll have one wallet with security tokens, cash tokens, all where you have the custody of your keys. We, we believe in that future. Well, if there's no bank account, then that makes it a challenge for the bank to lend. But uh, clearly, it just means there's going to be increased competition for deposits. There, I want to unbundle two things, right? Ba bank account doesn't necessarily mean that commercial bank money will not exist. We think that commercial banks will continue to be relevant because they will be the dominant form of providing tokens which sits on those wallets. And those tokens are the ones which are going to drive the credit creation, the whole fractional banking and all of that will continue to be relevant. It's just that the medium of transacting will be so much more peer-to-peer. -peer. Yeah, quicker, faster, easier, cheaper. Now, um, you've got within JP Morgan a group called Onyx. Can you introduce us to that and what its role is? Onyx is where all of the work 
that JP Morgan does from a blockchain standpoint is housed. We as JP Morgan have been quite sort of contrarian to the rest of the industry in terms of making a big bet on blockchain. So right since 2015, when we started the Blockchain Center of Excellence, right since um, 2015, when we actually took Ethereum, forked it and created Quorum, which is one of the top three enterprise blockchain platforms out there. Our view has always been a bit contrarian to an industry which was largely wait and watch. So Onyx was about housing all of that work, whether that is Quorum or whether that is things like JPM coin, whether that is things like interbank information network called Link, putting it all under a single brand, under a single entity to double down essentially and to commercialize and to scale. You mentioned JPM coin and that's certainly seen massive growth. It's now responsible for billions of dollars of transactions each day. Could you tell us a little bit more about the coin and its hero journey? Yeah, I would love to think that uh, JPM coin is, um, you know, something which is now, um, you know, a leading product line within JP Morgan. The reality is it is not, right? Like if you think about what we do within JP Morgan, we clear 10 trillion a day. If you think about what we're doing with JPM coin, cumulatively, we've done 20, close to 20 billion. So in the overall context of JP Morgan and what we do, this might, what we do with JPM coin is not necessarily at the same scale, but it's not trivial either. What we've shown with JPM coin is that blockchain native money can work will work and we've started transacting on that and we hope to have further growth and scale going forward. Okay, what are the advantages of blockchain over legacy systems like SWIFT, which is still used by 11,000 banks worldwide? This goes back to this notion of message-based infrastructure, right? Like if you think about the construct of how a payment is made today, a payment is essentially a set of accounting entries on different ledgers and SWIFT is the messaging system which coordinates those updates. What we are looking to do is bring the banks onto a single worldwide financial ledger, which means that you no longer have sequential updates of ledgers. Everything happens instantly. Everything happens atomically. And then you start laying the foundations for truly peer-to-peer. -peer. So essentially, Walter, it is about the movement away from message-based infrastructure to token-based infrastructure. That is the big shift that we are trying to drive. The future of payments is going to be driven by token-based infrastructure. Waves in the Finiverse, the podcast. Speaking to the people making waves in finance, fintech, crypto, Web3 and beyond. Now, uh, the future of payments and your role is based here in Singapore. Uh, why did you choose to focus on Asia versus other regions in the world? This is quite unusual for JP Morgan in, in, in the sense that given that, um, you know, we are... Uh, New York headquartered um, for digital currencies globally to be based out of Asia. One of the key reasons is because of everything which is happening in our part of the world, whether that is MAS, who've actually been so proactive right from 2015 with Project Ugin, now with Project Guardian, they are actually pushing the envelope on innovation and 
responsible innovation really which is basically what makes it such an attractive proposition for us it's not just mas some of the work that hkma is doing with embridge if you think about um, some of our largest clients like we've gone public with the fact that ant financial is one of the active and the largest users of jpm coin so much of it is centered around asia it just made sense um, to build the team out of here so in a way it's a departure but there are some very compelling reasons as to why the departure is there now uh, navin how have you seen technology either accelerate how have you seen the changes to acceptance of digital currency during the pandemic uh, this has been a great period of creativity and growth in technology how has it impacted the digital money industry i mean for one it's just like everything else right it just accelerated this whole trend of digitalization that's when the penny dropped for the central banks right like hey people don't want to use cash anymore they would like a digital version of it and that's when you know cbdc's and retail cbdc's start gaining credibility it's definitely accelerated some of the thinking and give impetus to some of the initiatives in digital currencies and now it's at a point where it's a point of no return right like the genie's out of the bottle right like digital currencies are going to happen there's there's no question of is it a thing it's just a question of how fast can we get there yeah no i've noticed also another trend which is the rise of contactless payment i went to europe for the first time in 3 years and brought a lot of euros with me and brought them all home again clearly that's <laughs> a, a trend and that is only going to accelerate um i do think cbdc's will uh, will put a swift end to cash of any sort physical cash of any sort well speaking of a swift end of cash um, we're here at singapore fintech festival and there appears to be some branded money going about i've got 20 dollars of that uh, tell us uh, uh, about the um, the concepts of potentially offering money within your own ecosystem if you're a brand now there's some very interesting monikers to this uh, walter whether you call it branded money whether you call it uh, purpose bound money or programmable money the notion of making money only do certain things is very appealing uh, i'll give you an example like cbdc's or central bank digital currencies the ability to do directed benefit transfers or dbts where you know money disbursed for subsidies can only be used at certain outlets for certain purposes for example yeah so as an example we received in hong kong consumption vouchers yes. which you were allowed to use in certain stores but you couldn't use it to pay the mechanic that that's exactly right that's exactly right and these have existed in some form in closed loop networks like yeah you you had you had points you have loyalty points which you could use for certain purposes my starbucks card yeah, your starbucks <laughs> card your air miles for example um but with purpose bound money and programmable money you truly created directed programmable open loop payment infrastructure and directed benefit transfers is just one example of it like you know subsidies and how those are spent all of there are so many use cases and again singapore is pushing the boundaries on that with project orchid navin i think about money and i immediately i don't know why think about theft and <laughs> uh, and security yeah. now what are the uh, benefits and downsides of securing your cash in a digital world yeah i mean there remains obviously the risk like Hey Walter it's all great i have a wallet i lost my key now what 
right like <laughs> yeah and this is where there are there are solutions more solutions than what meet the eye there are solutions with mpc um there are solutions with uh, sharding of keys where your bank potentially has one shard which provides recoverability options those are things which we are actively working on when we say that we see a world which is tokenized it's not just about tokenizing assets and tokenizing money but creating all of the infrastructure around that how do we create an identity solution so that i know you walter are are good you know for any transactions you're not on any of the sanctions lists or you're not any of um in in any of the lists where we as a bank would not be comfortable facilitating a transaction so identity um being able to provide mpc sharding solutions um being able to provide monitoring solutions all of all of those control infrastructure is a large part of what we are working on tracks in the finiverse now um navin we have a a feature here we call tracks in the finiverse which is the music that would power you in the finiverse what's the song that comes to mind when you think about the future of money and the metaverse and all of that video kill the radio star video kill the radio star why that one for obvious reasons right like i mean you know where i'm going with this one walter yeah i i i do think that yeah metaverse might be some years away but the shift towards tokenization peer to peer defi metaverse i mean these are irreversible Malala, uh, managing director and global head of Coin System Onyx at J.P. Morgan. Thank you so much for joining us here at Waves in the Finiverse. Pleasure chatting with you, Walter. This has been Waves in the Finiverse. Why not hit the subscribe or follow button so you never miss an episode? If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, then please leave us a review and a five-star rating. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.